Hello, thanks for tuning in to Learn, Grow, Succeed, the leadership podcast with me, Tom Hallett. This podcast is all about providing you with insights and tips to help you on your journey towards exceptional leadership. Hello and welcome back to the Learn, Grow, Succeed podcast with me, Tom, and my friend across the Zoom. Hi, it's Alex. I'm acing these first time now, every single time, saying my name. Look how good we're getting. Well done, Alex. Well done. Thank you. So the podcasts are coming thick and fast at the moment after a slight hiatus. And this week's uh, podcast is all about, um, I think, a very important topic in, you know, in business, in leadership um, these days. And it's all about inclusive leadership. And we're going to cover a little bit about what it is, because there's all these kind of buzzwords floating around the world. So we'll cover what it is and and then why it's important. And for me personally, my little spin on this is how I feel like it should be part of, you know, everything you do is not a tick box exercise. An inclusive leader is someone where they are just inclusive all the time. So um, we'll come on to that in a bit more detail in a bit. Okay, Mr. Dinage, tell me, what is inclusive leadership? Well, the best way I can discuss, because I have got a definition, right? And a definition is very helpful, but I'm going to link it before I say the definition to another topic that we've mentioned uh, a few times here, which is vulnerable leadership. Vulnerable leadership being that um, the ability to lead whilst also not hiding all your development areas, being open to other people and being authentic. Um, inclusive leadership, the definition I have, is someone that is self-aware of their own preferences. However, despite this, is open to explore and consider the thoughts and ideas of others that might be completely the opposite of their own. They acknowledge that, you know, having a team that have a, a range of opinions and strengths is, is really a, a positive and they should use those when making decisions. Um, so, again, how that links to vulnerable leadership is an inclusive leader isn't just saying, we're going with my opinion, my opinion's the best one, this is the way that it should be done. They're, they're not treating their own opinions and, and ideas as the best ones. They're open to hearing what others have to say and maybe even admitting that what they thought at, at the start is, is potentially not the right way to go. Um, so it challenges the kind of traditional power dynamic, but it also brings um, you know uh, the greater team into important decisions that affect entire businesses in some cases. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess you can't define a word with a word that's in it. So you can't say uh, an inclusive leader is someone that is inclusive. But when you know, by, by thinking of that, I mean, I, 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 the definition I, I completely agree with. For me, I think it's even more than that. Mm. Yes, it is about genuinely seeking the ideas and opinions and input from others and then genuinely being able to act on those um in a way that might might even go against how you think um mm. you know I, I do think it's all that but yeah I, I think it's more than that I think once you genuinely have that thought that you want to include all the people in your team in in activities it will then filter down into like everything you'll do everything you do you know mm. it's it, it needs to be one of the first thoughts that comes into your brain uh for a lot of tasks is you know what would such and such a person think or 
or you know we start talking about diversity when we're talking about inclusivity as well around you know your recruitment policies and who how you structure your teams you know is it a being inclusive when you create a team have Mm. you got a mix of ethnicities have you got the right uh have you got a mix of sex in your team are you considering people um working situations you know people with kids if you have a a mixed business whether it's remote or in the office you know have you got both of those in your team or are you at least considering both of those people's opinions when you're making decisions on stuff you know it starts to filter down into pretty much everything you do as a person and then as a business is is for me is what inclusive leadership is yeah and and you're right i think there's a real rich mixture isn't it if you've if you've already started with um you know great diverse um oh what's the word words left me uh when you bring people in recruitment recruitment that's the one <laughs> uh, if you start with you know diverse recruitment then when it comes to being an inclusive leader just the the mixture of potential perspectives and ideas and and things like that it 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 becomes an even greater strength. So yeah, it's, it's a great mixture. Um, and I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. And again, obviously we're going to go into, into three of the, the strengths that come from being an inclusive leader, but no, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I think even more, and I know I'm kind of on one a bit here because I do feel this is a really <laughs> important topic, but I don't feel like inclusive leadership is an option anymore. Mm. If you want to be a modern leader and you want to have a successful business, you have to be an inclusive leader. You have to force inclusivity um, into into your business because without it, you're going to go the way of the dinosaurs. Yeah, but and that's cool. sorry. I know we're going to be talking about strengths, but like you say, if we if we go back to maybe an older, more traditional style of leadership with you know leadership teams that don't include the the wider organization. You know, again, it's you can see the clear weaknesses. You're getting maybe a portion of the bigger picture. You're missing out on, you know, a lot of those people that are in those roles that you might be discussing decisions on. You're missing all of their points of view. And, you know, you're just reserving all the work that goes into making these crucial decisions for maybe one, two or, or three other people, which just seems like a, a less informed way to do things. So yeah, you're absolutely right. It seems like now this is relatively common, but if it isn't, it needs to become more common because again, you could be missing out on, on you know, potentially even discuss, not, you might not even be discussing things that are on the table because you've not brought other people in and you might be hampering your, your company as a result. Yeah. Yeah. And, and actually I'm sure it is relatively common where there are businesses and leaders and cultures that are not massively inclusive and i guess that's why i'm having a bit of a rant on it because um you know for the sake of all your your employees to you know we we've talked previously about the great resignation if you are not an inclusive company and not an inclusive leader you will lose people because today you know that's the sort of thing that's that's really high up in people's priorities and values and quite rightly so and one final rant point which I hope is actually quite interesting about inclusive leadership is when we create uh, management programs, leadership programs, quite often clients will say, well, we need to consider inclusivity and quite rightly. And I say, Mm. right, let's do a module on inclusivity. And for me, that doesn't sit quite right because if you do a module on something, it becomes more of a tip box exercise. You know, 
of course you want a module on coaching in a leadership program but you need to tick it say you've done it and actually have learned those skills and of course you go and go and coach but actually if you're going to be truly inclusive it needs to be across a program it needs to be uh, integral to every part of that you know if you are learning coaching are you being inclusive while you're coaching when you're giving feedback to people in your team are you being inclusive when you're looking at delegating are you being inclusive so every single topic within a leadership or management subject should include it so I must admit, I push back on clients to say, can we have uh, an inclusivity module? I say, no, we will build it into the full program because I don't want people to think that, you know, you've said, you've asked one person's opinion, tick, I've been inclusive and now go back to your old way of doing things. Yeah. And like you say, it's definitely much more effective in the long term to to sprinkle it throughout a program rather than, like you say, just cover it in, in a short space of time and say that that's done. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we, we will talk about, um, uh, you know, specifics of, you know, how do you, you be inclusive by going and asking people for opinions and acting on them. But ultimately, if you get to the, the, the holy grail, it, it is second nature. It's part of your culture. You have an inclusive culture. Um, so so there you go. A um, little bit of a, of, a, of a rant, but a rant from a place of... Uh, passion i think actually <laughs> yeah I, I loved it I, <laughs> nothing wrong with a good rant every now and again especially at the start of the day so uh no i loved it yeah awesome so um so i, I hope i think that's kind of covered a little bit of what inclusive leadership is so should we move on to why it's important building more on the on the things we've just talked about so absolutely yeah Cool. What, what, what are the things you pulled out as, as the, the benefits of being inclusive as a, as a, as a leader and as an organization? So, yeah, first and foremost, a lot of these kind of mirror the same benefits of vulnerable leadership. And I mean, we start off with a, a growth of mutual respect and trust. Um, again, if you put your mindset of being a person not in a leadership role, um, you know, they're doing their, their job day to day. They see a lot of the, the intricate details that people outside don't see. To then be asked about, you know, opinions on on greater matters within the business or maybe not even that, maybe matters that just involve them that maybe would have been out of their hands previously. You know, there's a there's a great feeling of being, you know, important and and being understood and being listened to, um, which goes a long way in, in, you know, for leaders in terms of how their teams respond to them and morale. Um and, and again, for those people within your team, if they're being listened to and they're, they're being asked about these decisions that other companies they might not be asked about, it's, it's incredible for their just job satisfaction and their happiness um, within their role and, and overall retention. Um, so, I mean, there's loads of benefits within this one, but yeah, it's the same as anything. If you're talking to people, asking for their opinion and, and you know, really um, exploring other options out there through talking to people it does wonders for the respect they have for you and the trust that you have with each other 100 and i see there's kind of two points to this one isn't it there is or two steps almost to to create that mutual respect and trust by being inclusive i guess step one is you need to genuinely ask those questions be genuinely inquisitive and genuinely want to, to get the opinions of the, the team and the group. But I guess that's nothing without step two, which is being prepared and, and being prepared to act on other people's opinions and ways of doing things and not just being that kind of 
you know, you've read the management book, which says I need to ask what my team want to do, even though I know full well that I'm then going to ignore everything they say and do it the way I wanted to in the first place. That, that's not inclusive. You've asked, asking, that's just asking some questions. So you've got to have two steps to, to make this come to life. Oh yeah. And like, like anything, it has to be, like you say, done with authenticity and done with, you know, genuine intrigue and a willing to act on it. Uh, I mean, maybe you don't just act on everything that people say, but it needs to become part of the conversation and, and fairly become part of the conversation. Yeah, um, absolutely. No, no. And of course we're not saying you blindly do what everybody else says. You, it's, uh, it, it's the conversation where you, you know, the, the perfect scenario is you put everyone's ideas out on the table and then you come to consensus as a, as a group now that won't always happen and sometimes as a as a leader or manager you do have to kind of make a decision and go with it at times that may be yours but it may be somebody else's so um, but it's it's asking the questions from a genuine place isn't it so mm, absolutely cool so um the next one and i think we're just going to build on the theme here so that the next benefit is about how um, it builds greater teamwork and relationships within a group of people. And, um, you know, whether that's in your business, you know, it could apply to any, any scenario, couldn't it really? Yeah. Um, but yeah, building better teamwork and relationships. Yeah. And, and again, like you say, these points kind of cascade from one to another. So they, they do kind of work quite nicely together. Um, but yeah, as we said, you as a leader may go to individuals within a team and ask for opinions. But the other thing that you can do is promote collaboration amongst members of a team, you know, get people together to discuss ideas on, on some of these decisions. And, and what you're going to get from that, the byproduct is just stronger team chemistry, you know, strengthening the bonds between each individual member of a team, you know, it's improving in terms of their development as well to learn from each other and to learn the other um, perspectives and, and things that people think it's, it's incredibly important for that. It's open communication as well. And again, if you work in a team where maybe you don't work with certain people, it's a great way to build links across an organization. You know, if your day to day doesn't particularly match up, then having these uh, potential brainstorming sessions, it, it's, it's great to bring people together um, and, and make a team more cohesive. Mm. I think, uh, you know, we go back into our, our standard of comparing what we talk about here to kind of elite sports mm. and when we talk about the teamwork thing if you think of um you know high performing team sports teams i think that's probably a good example of where you get inclusivity because you've you've created that mutual respect and trust when you have a group of players um, or, a, or a team where they the manager actively seeks out everyone's opinions also, if you see the really elite teams, like we talk about the All Blacks or, um, I don't know, um, Brazil in the heyday, you know, there, mm. there is clearly leadership on the pitch. And that is a sign of inclusive leadership where, you know, it's not that the manager has come in and told them just to do it his way and to, to shut up if they, if they don't agree. It's where the players on the pitch can adapt their approach to things is because they've got that inclusive um, uh, inclusive leadership where you know, everyone's opinions matter and then it's the people on the pitch that can make the decisions to change how they're playing or whatever if, if something's not working. So. Yeah, and to continue the sporting metaphor, you know, things look a lot different on the pitch than they do on the sideline. And, and again, if you're hearing firsthand from the people on the field, you know, potential ways to adapt or change and things like that. That's such valuable information that you can then use. 
Um, so it's definitely a leadership strength to listen, to, to be ready for other people's perspectives and then, you know, weigh it up in action, the ones that, are, that would be helpful. Yeah. And you bet the best footballer in the world is not going to play the best football that he's ever done if the manager just tells him what to do. You know, a good manager yeah. will say to him or her, uh, you know, what, what do you want to do? And they'll, and they'll build those ideas in and that's how you get the best out of people. Well, yeah, work to people's strengths and, and you know, obviously, yeah, try and develop other areas. But if these people have got fantastic strengths and, and things that can add to, to your processes, then, then why not use them? It just seems like a no-brainer. Absolutely. Right, last one. And I guess this is the culmination of all these things once you've got mutual respect and trust, great teamwork, great relationships, uh, where everyone listens to each other. What you also get is creativity and innovation. And again, we go back to the D word, the diversity word here. If you've got inclusivity um, and that's built around a team full of diversity, then the sky's the limit on what you can achieve and what you can create. Yeah. And, and, you know, I know it's a horrible saying and I hate saying it. It makes me shudder every time I say it, but it's when you get people in a room and they start to bounce off of each other, metaphorically, of course, um, it's, it's powerful, isn't it? Because an idea goes through this evolution where it kind of gets filtered through different brains and, and different thought processes. And it has the ability to become something incredible and very very valuable um so again like we said about collaboration it's 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 one thing to then build links and and connections and get people closer together but the actual products of those conversations could make ideas that had never even been thought of i think i touched on it in the intro you might have three ideas you might bring loads of people from the team together to discuss them you might end up with three completely different ideas that Again, as one person or as a leadership team, you may have never even contemplated. Yeah, definitely. And, and actually, even more so than just the creativity element, you know, also in these scenarios, you can, you, you just the diversity of thought, because you know, if I had three Alexes in a room, you'd have a great time. You'd come up with all these crazy, wacky, great ideas. I, I have no doubt. You'd have a headache. Yeah, I'd, well, I'd have a headache, but you'd also come out with something that might be fantastic. But actually, if you've only got three Alexes in the room, it might be rubbish. But you haven't mm-hmm. got somebody who can look at it from a different angle who can say, yeah, but what about that? Or have you thought about enhancing it with this and you make it even better? So it can go either way. It can almost put the, the stops and checks into an idea to make sure you get something that's well thought through as well as getting the, yeah, but what if you do this as well? And if you do this as well, or can we add this or can we change this to get the better idea? So yeah, uh, I guess depending on the way, what, what the way you look at things, you can get both scenarios from, again, you have to be inclusive to get that because you have to recognize that three Alex's is not a good recipe for a good meeting. I need Alex plus the other people in the world. I feel like that maybe should be on a T-shirt somewhere. Free Alex's is not good. <laughs> a good recipe. <laughs> That's why I was an only child for so long, mate. Um, but no, honestly, yeah, you're right. And uh, to think about it, like this might be slightly spreading into a different conversation now. Um, but I personally work better with people that won't just get excited by my ideas, but would potentially challenge them and say, well, what about this? And what about this? Because yeah, again, when you've got these different types of people in a room that maybe have these different ways of working, you know, you don't just get carried away with one idea that doesn't 
potentially fit the bill, you get you get all these questions and the opportunities to make an idea stronger. Um, so yeah, it, it's just the, these sessions are just incredibly valuable. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, there they were the three headlines: um, mutual respect and trust, teamwork and relationships. <clears throat> excuse me, creativity and innovation. But I think in our slightly ranty podcast today, we've probably reeled off about. 60 uh, other advantages to, to, to inclusive leadership. So uh, again, it, it's something you can really tell I, I believe in and for to be a long-term successful business, you have to, you're, you're going to have to be inclusive and have inclusive people and it needs to become a way of life, not a tick box exercise. So I hope today's maybe helped fuel some of those thoughts in how you're approaching it. Yeah, and I, I don't know about the listener, but I very much enjoyed being uh, here to listen to the Tom Hallett TED Talk. It was <laughs> it was very good. It was really good. And like I say, you could see that it's something clearly that you're passionate about. And uh, yeah, I found great value in listening. Um, hopefully I provided a little bit as well. Definitely, definitely, mate. Cool, right. I enjoyed that one. Thank you everyone for, for listening in. Um, as ever if you've got any questions or just want to chat about any of our topics including inclusive leadership let us know there's loads of resources on the website go and check it out all our socials blah 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 you know it all so thanks again bye